Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go. The topic is considering commitment. Uh, it's just interesting because of the, you know, the big red book talks about relationship anorexia, um, you know, and just like intimacy in general. Pay attention to your commitments. While many of us fear committing, it's a good way to weigh the cost of any commitment we are considering. We need to feel consistently positive that it is an appropriate commitment for us. Consistently positive. Many of us have a history of jumping, leaping headfirst into commitments without weighing the cost and the possible consequences of that particular commitment. When we get in, we find that we do not really want to commit and feel trapped. Some of us may become afraid of losing out on a particular opportunity if we don't commit. Yeah, this is this... uh, I think this is caused by, you know, potentially hypervigilance learned in childhood and just this increased pressure on every single thing. And it just doesn't serve me anymore. It used to be with tasks. You know, I remember when I was in um, first first year of uh, college and I used to think that, you know, like if I did bad on an engineering test at a really top school that I'd be like working a minimum wage job, which, first of all, that's not the end of the world either. Um but with that kind of pressure you put on interactions and things like that. And, oh, my God, you know, it just reminds me of, you know, even then in college, just the general thing of like, should I go out tonight or should I study for the test? You know, and years later, it's just laughable or, you know, I want to people please this person that, you know, <laughs> we didn't even, weren't even that close with, you know. Anyways, back to the reading. I got sidetracked. Many of us have a history of jumping, leaping headfirst into commitments without weighing the cost and the possible consequences of that particular commitment. When we get in, we find that we do not really want to commit and feel trapped. Some of us may become afraid of losing out on a particular opportunity if we don't commit. It is true that we will lose out on certain opportunities if we are unwilling to commit. Yeah, and that's interesting because there are times when I'm just really, you know, aligned with my heart, my brain, my higher power, my inner child. And those are the ones that it hurts the most when you don't follow through. It is true that we will lose out on certain opportunities if we're unwilling to commit. We still need to weigh the commitment. We still need to become clear about whether that commitment seems right for us. If it isn't, we need to be direct and honest with others and ourselves. Be patient. Do some soul searching. Wait for a clear answer. God, this is great. We need to make our commitments not in urgency or panic, but in quiet confidence that what we are committing to is right for us. If something within says no, find the courage to trust that voice. This is not our last chance. It is not the only opportunity we'll ever have. Don't panic. We don't have to commit to what isn't right for us, even if we try to tell ourselves it should be right for us. And we should commit. Often, we can trust our intuitive sense more than we can trust our intellect about commitments. In the excitement of making a commitment in beginning, we may overlook the realities of the middle. That is what we need to consider. We don't have to commit out of urgency, impulsivity, or fear. Another acronym I heard yesterday was FOG, which was, are you doing this out of fear, obligation, or guilt? We're entitled to ask, will this be good for me? We're, we're entitled to ask if this commitment feels right. And I would add, you know, entitled to ask, is this good for me now? You know, not in 100 years or not 10 years ago. Is it now? You know, we're entitled to 
it reminds me of the, you know, part of the goal here, and I think the visualization is we expect the best and get it. Today, God, guide me in making my commitments. Help me say yes to what is my highest good and no to what isn't. I will give serious consideration before I commit myself to any activity or person. I will take the time to consider if the commitment is really what I want. The next reading is from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is emotional intoxication. The third identity paper examined the steep cost of surviving by hiding the vulnerable and wounded child in a prison of isolation, the high price of using the myriad methods we employ to protect the vulnerable self by staying emotionally intoxicated and numb. When we came to ACA, many of us had experience with other programs that dealt with sobriety. We may have even heard about emotional sobriety before, but when we learned it was the focus of this program, it really got our attention. You know, it's funny, I, I, I treat the word emotional and sobriety and inner child and re, reparenting and feeling your feelings. And I think the beauty of ACA is none of these words were in my vocabulary. You know, self-love, what is that? Um, self-forgiveness. Um, and also stuck grief, you know, what is the subject of the uh, last podcast? It gives me a language that my inner child and really I didn't have to articulate, you know, that feeling of emotional abandonment and the fact that, you know, it's fucked up. Back to the reading. We knew we felt out of control a lot of the time, unable to think clearly. Our minds went 100 miles an hour and many of us had trouble turning them off at night to go to sleep. We couldn't sit still with our feelings. We used activities as a drug to numb ourselves when we were uneasy. Understanding that we were dealing with emotional intoxication made sense, and we were tired of living that way. You know, as I think about it, a 10-day silent meditation retreat, as hard as it was, was one of the most longest periods of, like, quote-unquote, emotional sobriety until I got to the rooms. Back to the reading. Our journey to free ourselves helps us come out of isolation and relate to others who are finding success. We work the steps and reach out to our higher power and our fellow traveler for help. We practice sitting still with our feelings and let it be okay. We ask our loving parent to speak words of encouragement to our vulnerable self so that we don't get busy to avoid our feelings. We no longer have to walk around numb. We can make it. I think the last couple sentences are pretty particularly important and you know new. We ask our loving parent to speak words of encouragement to our vulnerable self so that we don't get busy to avoid our feelings. So, you know, they say don't mistake, you know, activity with achievement. We no longer have to walk around numb. We can make it. On this day, I will remember that being alive comes with feelings. And my feelings are all okay. I'm entitled to a rich life of emotional sobriety. And the final reading is also from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is self-protection. We learn to block or deny our feelings as children to protect ourselves from our health, unhealthy family. Yeah, it's it's hard to re- remember a time when you actually felt your feelings because what was the point? And it was not encouraged. And, you know, it's against cultural norms and all that stuff. I mean, none of these are like really valid excuses. And just because that's how I lived as a kid no longer means... You know, central question in one of my programs is how does this serve me? And blocking or denying my feelings does not serve me well in the long term. It might be familiar, but it doesn't serve me anymore. 
Many of us were raised in homes where there wasn't enough love. We weren't encouraged to be ourselves and realize our true potential. We weren't allowed to have normal feelings, so we became numb. We may have been shamed when we felt sad or angry. You know, and part of this is also society, but, you know, uh, the gender stereotypes sometimes, um, you know, discouraged, for example, for males to like cry, you know, for example, ridiculed when we showed fear or shunned when we sought love and understanding from our parents. Yeah, I think shunned is a really good adjective. What we took away was that there was something wrong with us. And there was some truth to that, but not in the way we thought. We knew how to feel shame, guilt, sadness, and fear. But the main problem was we felt them when we didn't need to. Right, like none of this shame, guilt, sadness, and fear serves me anymore. Now with the help of our ACA, of ACA, our meetings, and our sponsor, our fellow traveler, we are given the chance to reparent ourselves. We learn how to feel without letting our feelings control us. We grow in self-confidence. As our feelings surface, we begin to make decisions about how to handle them. Shall we speak our truth? to those around us and try to work things out? Or shall we remain silent, either because the atmosphere is not safe or we don't want to upset the apple cart? There's no one right way. We give ourselves permission to choose what's best for us at the time. If we're uncomfortable with our choice, we ask for help. On this day, I ask for the courage and honesty to recognize my true feelings and deal with them honestly and safely. You know, at some point, I'm going to just have a podcast on nonviolent communication, but this reminds me of the importance of feeling your feelings. And as part of the reparenting process, what it tries to do is first off, figure out what's your feelings, and it can be feeling anything. And, you know, underlying that feeling, what is the need that you're trying to get it served from? And I think too often, especially when you accept, crumbs um the source that you're trying to get the need from might not be the the source so in other words if you're trying to get a connection from an emotionally unavailable person um and that's what your expectation is it's just a resentment in the making and that concludes today's readings um i really appreciate every listener um until next time this is kawan saluja reminding myself to feel my feelings to love myself, and to pause. Because that's where God is, and that's where emotional sobriety is.